Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast on Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Hi guys and welcome back to A Millennial Mind. Today I'm so excited to introduce you all to Karishma Lekras. So hi Karishma, how are you? I'm I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm so happy we're doing this. We've been talking about it for so long. So I'm happy it's Friday night. We are on Jumping on a Podcast. And I'm so excited to talk to you today about beauty standards within the Indian community. And also just generally talking about beauty standards and why we don't need to have them. Um, But before we kind of get started, and for people who don't know who you are, can you just give us a little bit of introduction about that, about you? So, uh, so my name is Krishna Lekras, I am 27 years old, I am a content creator, petite model, freelance makeup artist and most importantly eczema and DSW awareness activist. You did not say you were the cover of Glamour. Oh, <laughs> you're right, I'm not a cover girl. <laughs> Honestly, it's such an incredible achievement, so I just wanted to plug you there and put that out. It's <laughs> okay, you know what, it's just because... So many things have been happening recently. I even forget myself, but yeah, I'm a girl now. <laughs> Crazy! It's honestly so incredible the work you're doing. I mean, I saw you on Frida. I've seen you on BBC. I've seen you on BBC Asian Network. Mm-hmm. Seen you on so many places. So you know, I'm really, really excited to have this conversation with you today. What I want to talk about today is our expectation on beauty standards. I think the female, the, the focus on female appearance has like never been higher. You know, through social media. Um, the increased use of filters I think Bradley Simmons recently did this Mm -hmm. post about using a filter and he was like why do we all do it like none of us can really put up a post anymore without having a filter on our face and so there's this so much focus on beauty and especially on how to look Mm -hmm. a certain way you know like everybody I think now looks the same so everyone has big lips everyone has like raised cheekbones everyone's trying to adhere to these beauty standards but the thing is beauty standards always change but the one thing I think that hasn't changed is within the Indian community, we have some core beauty standards. Um, and I want to talk to you a bit about them today because you've mentioned them in all of your videos. So what yeah. do you think these beauty standards are within the Indian community and in the Indian culture? Yeah, I mean, um, so from personal experience, um, it's always been the, you know, you need to be slim, you have to be fair skinned, you have to be... Um, submissive um Mm -hmm. in the sense of um when it comes to finding a male partner 
Um, there's just, there's a lot that has been thrown that is so deep-rooted into our culture, unfortunately, from, um, I guess, colonial, colonialism times, and mm-hmm. even before that, um, a little bit. So um, it's just the, the standards that we set for um, people in our community are so ridiculous because we, like every race, we all come in so many different shapes, sizes, um, shades so I think um yeah it's just it's mad because I don't I don't fit a lot of those I fit a few of them but the majority of my life I've never fitted what I guess my my community have expected of me which is mad because I can't change the way that I look yeah um yeah yeah I I think that's so powerful you know we we judge people so much about the way they look, but that's what's been given to them. You know, they haven't mm-hmm. earned it. They're not, they're not like trying their, they can't change the color of their skin. We know we can't essentially change, you know, our eye shape or nose shape or mm-hmm. lip shape, you know, or our face shape. You can obviously with cosmetic surgery, but you know, we can't physically change the way we've been brought on this earth. And you know, there is such an emphasis on fair and lovely. I mean, growing up, look, I'm quite fair and so are my family. And so the last year I realized the privilege that I had actually, um Mm -hmm. of being like a light-skinned south asian girl because people would always comment like oh you're so fair you're so pretty but that was the emphasis by the way and i think Mm -hmm. within the indian community the emphasis on women is always about what you look like right always about you know your body the way that you have to present yourself yourself um... it's it's rarely about like your your achievements or your education it's always about what you look like and when you get married you know those are the two conversations Mm -hmm. and pillars of a woman within the indian community that people decide to focus on so i definitely think you know growing up i perhaps didn't have that um those comments thrown at me but i think now i'm starting to really go back and actually when somebody says to me oh you don't look Indian I'm like why do you say that you know or Mm. you know um are you really Indian are you half Indian instead of taking it as a compliment which I've been taught my whole life to take it as I'm now not um and having Mm. those strong conversations which I think I wasn't aware of before so you know I'm also learning I'm also trying to understand what's the good thing and the bad thing to do and trying to discourage those behaviors as much as I can I absolutely love that that's so great when pe- when people tell me that they realize the privilege that they've been set in life um I think that's just such a progress especially for like our generation it's mm-hmm. just so progressive and brilliant to me so I love that I'm hearing more yeah. and more people understand um their privilege and not to take it as like you know that we're coming for you or yeah. that we're we're trying to make you feel bad about it like obviously there's nothing like you're absolutely standing there's nothing wrong with being light-skinned um and like you know you can't help the compliments that people give you but I think that's amazing that you're doing that well I think what it is is you know your whole life you've been well my whole life I was taught that was a good thing you know we we still yeah. encourage, you still hear women saying to other women, drink milk when you're pregnant so your child is fair. You know, you're, mm-hmm. your child is so beautiful because they're fair. Fairness is something that people focus on so much. It's like the one thing people always say to me is like, I love how you're so fair. And so when your whole life you've been taught, told that's a compliment, to then challenge back, people are almost like, oh my God, now you have a problem with everything. You know, that's that's generally the narrative like, oh God, I can't even compliment you now. And it's it's not about that. I think the, the deeper thing is, is that people have grown up feeling so insecure and on the other spectrum being told that they're not worthy or they're not beautiful or they're not valued based on the color of their skin. So if you're mm-hmm. going to compliment somebody based on the color of their skin, 
you're essentially implying the opposite of that. And I think it's about just educating. I don't think it's like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that I'm fair. How could you say I'm beautiful because you said that I'm fair? It's all about being like, I understand that you think that. However, did you know, (laughs) you know, and going into that conversation and explaining to them why, you know, it's not necessarily something that you should point out because, you know, you, you don't really hear people pointing out the other way. You wouldn't hear somebody outright say, oh, we well, actually sometimes you do hear people saying, oh, she's pretty because she's foot for a dark girl. You know, mm-hmm. it's these toxic comments, your beauty has nothing to do with the color of your skin. It should have nothing to do with the color of your skin. It should be due to, be due to who you are as a person, right? Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that. So we really should need to f- shift the focus from being beautiful just because you're white or when people say, she's not pretty, but she's really fair. You know, I hear that yeah. so much. And I'm like, what, what yeah. does that even mean? Either she's pretty or she's not. Like, don't, there's got, yeah. you've got nothing to do with the color of her skin if she's pretty or she's not, you know, just, is she, do you think she's attractive or do you not? Don't be like, I don't really find her attractive, but she is fair. You know, that makes no sense yeah. to me. It's, it's a backhanded compliment, that's what it is. Literally. But what was your experience growing up with this? Because you talk about this a lot in your Frida video, and I love the way you yeah. express that. Um, so within my family, um, so it was my dad, my mum, my brother. Um, I am, I'm one, I'm one of the darkest actually out of my whole family. Um, my mum is quite light-skinned, and so is my brother. Um, and then me and my dad are like the dark skinned um, ones in my family. So mm-hmm. um, I think just in itself, me being a girl, um, that was was just one when as soon as I came out, they were like, my mum was a bit like, I remember her telling me that she was a bit worried, I guess, of what people were going to say. Um, she didn't obviously want those negative comments like protrude at me. And then... Um, when my brother was born, because he he was so fair, they used to call him the milkman's baby because so of how light common. he was. And I so used common. to hear that all the time growing up. Like, he's so beautiful. He's so light. He must mm. be the milkman's baby. And I used to be like, what do, I don't understand. Like, what just, <laughs> why are you saying this? Like, it was so, it used to confuse me, but and I never really understood why it also was made me feel a certain type of way I, I never got it I think mm-hmm. until growing up and then hearing people like aunties or family members you know just looking at me like oh she's got really dark all of a sudden like has she been playing in the sun mm. um or just giving me like unwarranted remedies of how to make my skin lighter so like you know turmeric milk like you said earlier um yeah. and just the more I got it the more I was like okay that this something wrong with me like maybe Mm. like I need to actually change myself I remember scrubbing myself in the bath with turmeric with lemon juice um sitting there desperately scrubbing trying to trying to get rid of my skin color which obviously was never gonna Mm. happen um and also you know it's the um of where where I'm the girl, my brother is a boy, and obviously boys in our culture as well just get a lot more independence and I guess respect in a way than yes. than what we do as women. Mm-hmm. Um, that has always and even today still has a negative impact for me because I still see myself comparing myself to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's always in like the forefront of my mind. Sometimes it creeps in. Um, 
but yeah just comments like that um because i'm i'm really quite slim as well and even though in our community we love being slim yeah um i've never been the slim that people are like oh she's so healthy and beautiful mm-hmm. and slim it's always she needs to eat more she's that she looks anorexic um mm-hmm. it was always those sort of comments that i used to get so it was even in that aspect i didn't get <laughs> i oh didn't get God. the um, positive reaction that you know most people think when you think of slim even though it's mm. not it's not the way um but yeah it's like so tough. it was things like that growing up it's so interesting you say that because as as you're saying that I grew up with three boys I lived with my cousins and they were all mm-hmm. super super fat and they and they are and you know my my family used to say you know Siobhan, I get I don't know if I want to share this it's really intimate but you know I used to get comments like oh you're not as far as Akshay you're not as far as your cousins and I guess I used to think like I think I used to always say yeah but that's because I wear makeup and I used to like really defend myself because I used to think like I'm not as beautiful as them or you know I'm not as good looking as them and I think Mm -hmm. as you say being the girl you're just more sensitive about the way you look like because it's literally Mm -hmm. what's focused on all the time and I think recently now I'm just so secure about it I'm like yeah Akshay is just so fair like he's way fairer than me and I'm more comfortable with it because I've detached beauty with fairness I've detached Mm -hmm. it so now I can confidently and not feel insecure about it and share it on this podcast which I don't even think I've shared it with my family I don't even think they're aware (laughs) the thing I want to touch on here is you know I think I think beauty is meant to be something that's a beautiful form of self-expression right when when men are like feel beautiful it's meant to be something that like helps us it's meant to be something Mm -hmm. that you know is a part of us but isn't only us and I talked about this in a recent podcast I did in my first season was that you know your beauty is something that's given to you right? Like your features are given to you. You don't sit there working for hours on getting the perfect eyelid. You know, it's Mm -hmm. makeup enhances that for sure. And like I said, you can get cosmetic surgery to, you know, change your face if you really want to, but we really need to start embracing our own features for who we are because beauty standards are always, always, always going to change, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like 15 years ago, having a big bum was not in. And now every single day I'm doing 300 squats to, to get a big bum. Yeah. Yeah, literally, like, growing up in the 90s, it was, if you had a big ass, it was like, oh my god, is my ass too big in this? And now people are literally completely changing themselves through cosmetic surgery to get that big ass. So you're, I feel like society's detrimental beauty standards in general, because they keep changing, there's no way that every other decade we can keep changing ourselves. Yeah. So it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um and also what what does it mean to be beautiful like people people who are watching and people who are listening to this somebody tell me what the definition of beauty is that that there isn't one you know no one can Mm -hmm. give you one definition exactly of beauty and actually have a quote for you so i saw on instagram the other day if 99 percent of the world's population find you unattractive right that means 75 million people on earth still find you attractive I don't know how that, that's that is. a big number. That's I a don't big number know. to even comprehend. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how accurate that is for everybody listening or watching. Don't quote me on it. I have no idea how accurate that is. I got it from Instagram. It's not a credible source. But doesn't that just make you feel so great? Ninety-nine percent of people yeah. unattracted. Seventy-five million people think you are beautiful. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's mad. 
literally could you imagine 35 million people in just one room like that is such a big number to comprehend anyway that's amazing literally. I know but you know one of the things I want to talk about is you know you face a lot of negative comments and a lot of hate mm-hmm. on all your social media platforms I mean I want yeah. to talk about this one instant because I was really disturbed by it if I'm completely honest I think you're on an Instagram live or a TikTok live and someone was directing mm-hmm. you I can't remember what it was yeah and I think a guy came on and he was with his friend, right? And he came on and he was talking to you and he then got a bin, got or got this guy to get a bin and he threw up in front of you because he wanted to say that you were making him feel sick. Like, I cannot believe that in this day and age, things like that are happening. I mean, it's, it's shocking. How on yeah. earth do you cope with things like this? You must have like such great mental resilience and strength. <laughs> Honestly. No, I always say, because I've been on social media for like a good over 10 years now. Um, and throughout the years, I've I've had an, a number of um, toxic, negative comments thrown at me. Um, I think it comes to a point where you just don't care anymore. I'm just like, <laughs> for example, a thing that happened on live. Um, because he was being so lovely at first. He was complimenting me, saying how beautiful I am, how much he wants to marry me, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then his friend started going through my Instagram photos is where this whole thing started happening. Right. And then they saw the photo of me with my underarm hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was from there where they started, they did a 180 and completely um, started being disgusting. And like you said, he grabbed the bin and threw up um, in front of me to show his disgust um I just I felt sorry for him mm-hmm. and embarrassed for him because honestly that's really embarrassing like because you're a big bearing in mind he told me he was like 30 something you're a big man to come on live and throw up a little bit of arm hair that you literally and everybody else in this world has mm-hmm. um I'm not about to say something that I won't say. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was. I just felt embarrassed for him, especially for someone that I would expect that from. I wouldn't even expect that from a child, but you know, Mm -hmm. someone with like a mentality that hasn't isn't for your age range um, is absolutely disgusting to me and vile. And I just I sat there and laughed. I didn't know what else to do. I was Mm -hmm. just laughing because. I've never in my life, like, I think that was the one, that's the one thing that um, has happened to me that I never in my life would have even imagined happening. Yeah. I just sat there in disbelief and embarrassment for him, if anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Uh, from out of an egg in him. You know, like, that can really damage somebody's self-esteem. And I just... Most definitely. Yeah, go on. Yeah, no, I was just going to say... with just negative comments and I've just I've learned to just just pass them off and just not not care about it anymore um because I know myself I know myself worth I know I'm beautiful I don't need anyone else to tell me but myself yeah um so just but it it did really upset me in the fact that me thinking if this was anyone else that mm-hmm. didn't have the confidence or self-worth that I have I could not imagine what would have gone through their heads and you know there's always this thing as well where you never actually really know what's happening in someone's life they could literally be on the edge and could be you pushing them 
Yeah. Um, just that in itself is I I get scared for for people like like are younger than me or people that just don't have the confidence for that to ever happen to them because mm. I just can't even imagine. Yeah. No, neither can I. And you know these small things. I think people don't understand the impact of of small things on in your life. So you know. I, I, I researched this and it said YouGov asked 2,000 adults whether they would describe themselves as good looking, right? Mm-hmm. How many percent do you think, how, what, what do you think the percentage was that women said, I think I'm good looking? It was anonymous. And what do you think the percentage was for men? And everybody listening and everybody watching this, just <laughs> note down the percentage of women you think consider themselves as good looking and the percentage of men that consider themselves as good looking. I'm just gonna pause for a sec. What do you think it was? I think going from how I see society and how they perceive beauty, like just the societal beauty standards today, mm-hmm. um, and from the comments I get from women, um, I I reckon it's a lot. I reckon it's a lot higher for women feeling that they're not beautiful. So maybe like. I'm gonna say like eighty percent to be honest with you. 80. I do feel like it's I feel like it's a high number to so like maybe eighty percent of them have said that they don't feel attractive. Twenty okay. percent saying yeah. And men? Um for men probably yeah. Again, that's probably a lot higher. Okay, so nine percent of men said that they were handsome. Nine. And really percent of women in 2019, out of 2,000 adults, said they were beautiful. 2%, which is crazy. And there was an also campaign where Dove asked people to walk through a door of, I think, I can't remember what it was. I think they were, like, good-looking or, like, thought they were good-looking and thought they were average. And 4% yeah. of people said that they were good-looking. But that was in 2005. And they had to walk through the door. So I felt like that was, you know... Oh, that's actually my heart sank a little bit there. Of women, it's it's crazy, you know. And I think yeah. this is the point: comments that people say to you, the stereotypes, the taboos that we hold that we don't challenge, all contribute to this, right? And I think this is the thing: it's not so, you know. Obviously, you have that lunatic that was on your Instagram live or whatever, mm-hmm. TikTok, and was just, just exactly like a like a crazy person, you know. Like people don't do that. That is absurd. Mm-hmm. But it's the subtle things, like the aunties that tell you, oh, you're so anorexic, you look so skinny, don't you eat? What's wrong with you? Does your mum not feed you? It's them saying, oh, you look really dark, are you okay? It's people that mm. you know, also say on the other end to me also the time, it's like, you look so dull. I get that comment all the time. I have to put so yeah. much bronzer on, you have no idea how much bronzer I have on my face right now because I have the light because it's so dark and I look like a ghost. But... <laughs> You know, the, the amount of comments I get of like, you look so dull, you look so pale, you look so tired. I mean, my yearbook, and I should get it out, it was, you know when people write most likely to be? Mm. Mine was most likely to be passed off as a Caucasian. No joke. And I never thought there was anything wrong with that. Like, ever, 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 ever. Until only recently that I was like, wait, what? And I remember at the time, I was like, what does this word mean? Like, what does this mean? Oh my God. That that was mine most likely to be. So, you know, it's all these things that people will get affected by in different ways. um, Um, And we really need to be conscious of that. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I just, sorry, those numbers are really making me feel sad. (laughs) 
know it's crazy though isn't it and I think you know yeah. we really I think now we're in a world now where people are practicing self-love people are more aware of they need to be kinder to themselves what are some of the things you do to practice self-love because I think you've explained that you know you went through a really hard time when you were younger and it seems to be online at the moment you get a lot of love which is incredible and I think pushes you to do the work that you're doing which I love mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but at the same time to work online you know you do have to have a lot of resilience because people yeah, are going to be attacking you from private accounts I mean it's never any anyone serious is it it's nobody nobody ever has the guts to ever say anything to you yeah it's always yeah. from a faceless <laughs> private account yeah, exactly. three thousand people following was... one person following them <laughs> No, exactly. I think the one thing to remember, though, um, there's always going to be trolls online. There's yeah. always going to be negative people that like to project their own insecurities on other people that they can see have found their confidence and self-love. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, it's just the way that the internet is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just really important to remember that the block button is your best friend. Um, I absolutely adore the block button. Um, I use it pretty much every day. Um, Interesting. So you don't... So actually, I want to talk to you about this because I saw your recent post and you were like, I am not going to let people get away with writing comments, right? So I actually agree with you here because I think... And just giving a bit of context, you know, when people comment nasty things on your post, a lot of people will ignore them. Or like, not your post, but when people comment nasty things on people's posts, a lot of people will be like, I'm just going to ignore them, I'm going to rise above it, and I'm not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. However, you gave a recent take on this, and I, and I want to actually explore that with you here, is yeah. you said, I'm not going to stand back and let them get away with it, I'm going to speak up to them. Why yeah. did you choose that? Choose to do that instead of just like ignoring it? And, you know, like the opposite argument is like, don't waste your energy, don't waste your time. Yeah. They're not worth your replying to um, it's not good for your mental space. How did you actually mm-hmm. just decide, okay, no, I'm gonna speak back to them? So I completely agree with that um, perspective of it as well. Um, mm. There are some comments that I just, I really don't have time for. Like I've said it before, if you're gonna come at me, come at me with something different, like so I can actually, you know, have a back and forth with you. But um, on the other hand, when I see negative comments that are, racist or mm-hmm. that are constant like I'm getting it from someone that is constantly basically harassing me mm-hmm. or um, bullying me online um, I, I'm sick and tired of people get being allowed to get away with saying these things yeah. to people and not having any consequences and mm-hmm. like you know they can come they can say their comment and leave and go do their business but I'm left sat here reading your comment over and over again you know like I've done it it's happened um don't get me wrong it still happens to this day as much as I know myself with confidence there are some comments that they still get to me because I'm human at the end of the day um and you have to read them yeah you have to read them amongst the positive ones so it's not like you can just ignore them exactly so like there are certain comments that I do I absolutely I'm not letting people get away with um I don't know if you saw recently I had someone call me the n-word and then constantly kept talking about my skin color and just wouldn't leave it so I posted his um I posted his account on my Instagram to show everyone how disgusting and vile he was um and instead of like coming back at him with like you know anything all I said to him was I can't wait for your work your uni your friends and your family to see what kind of person you are online Mm -hmm. um did he block his account 
Yeah, he blocked his account, he changed his at name, um, he blocked me, thinking that I wouldn't be able to find him, which is quite funny because I already had the screenshots anyway. Um, and I think this is also a stupid thing that some trolls do out there. They leave all their information in their bio. Um, so I went along and sent all his info, like all the screenshots, everything that he said to his uni. Um, and yeah, he was in Germany, so I'm still okay. sort of trying to work out with their uni how they can, you know, set some consequences about this because I'm absolutely not letting it go. Um, I don't want it to happen to anyone else, and especially to someone that might not be able to handle it the way that I've handled it. Um, yeah, so yeah, I. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, just, I just, yeah, I sent um, all the things off to his uni and now they can deal with it and do what they need to do. Well, you know what? The thing is, I think if somebody's unaware of how they've hurt you, there's mm-hmm. always a way, and this is my opinion of you, you, you telling them and saying, hey, listen, did you know? The fact that he deleted his account, he blocked it, meant that he knew was doing he was doing something wrong he just didn't care and he just didn't think yeah. there was going to be a consequence and that's mm-hmm. the thing i think if he reached out and said hey listen i'm really sorry or you know i think if somebody says something like nasty about a skin color or you know um not that it's acceptable sorry that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying you know sometimes if an auntie says something you know in in a passing comment don't mean it maliciously and you know sometimes it's better to just say you might not you know can you just be a bit conscious about the way you're saying things or you know when someone says she's so pretty but she's a bit dark you know that is really triggering for a lot of people and however I know people have grown up thinking that that's an okay thing to say so I will always say you know you really shouldn't say that I won't be like what the hell like yeah I'll always say it obviously if they keep doing it then I'm gonna then flip out but you know, if the, if if I think that they have no malicious intent, then I think it's important to have that conversation. I think the fact that this guy blocked you, deleted his name, tried to delete everything, knew that there was no way that he wanted to be recognised for being this nasty, and so he just wanted to go off the face of the earth and think no one's going to hold him accountable. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, I think it's really important to also do that because then it stops other people doing that, and it makes them think, yeah. "I'm going to think about what I'm going to say because that's who I'm going to be." I'm going to be exposed, I'm going to be exposed, and that's who people are going to think I am. And that is who I am, if I'm going to say that, right? I think so often people don't say things, they're like, it's not a part of me. It's like 100% it is, right? So I think it's really important, um, you know, that we actually start exactly what you're saying, exposing people who say things like this, um, and making people aware that, you know, some people are saying such horrible things. And like you said, it can impact people dramatically. You know, you've obviously gone through a different journey and really put a lot of work into yourself. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people struggle to do that. A lot of people are pushed with the other side of like having so much self-hate that it drives them into a really bad place. And Mm -hmm. we as a society really need to start encouraging people to work on themselves, but also facilitating that conversation by not having these trolls and these horrible people getting away with that mm-hmm. I think one of the things that you know really spoke out to me about your account is you know when you say you already find it so difficult to deal with your eczema and your pain and you know I actually showed somebody your account and they were like I can't see that she's got eczema she's so beautiful she's, her skin is lovely um but you know 
I've seen some of your posts, I've been following you for a while, so I know that you've put up days where you're having flare-ups, days when you're feeling really low, and these comments like that can really affect you on those days, right? It's like with anybody, whenever you're having a really bad day and somebody comments on something nasty on your page, you're just like, oh my God, I just can't cope. Mm -hmm. But how do you deal with dealing with the eczema and then dealing with these negative comments? Are there any things that you do on that day to make you feel better or, you know, switch you out of a negative mindset into a positive one? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always say this and this is always my go-to answer because it's just I don't know what I would do without my support system um, my boyfriend and my best friend are absolutely everything to me they they are who I go to on my bad days mm-hmm. um, they just they just you, you know when you have those people in your life that always just know how to ground you and yeah. make you realize um all the positive things that are going for you when you can't really grasp at it at that moment um yeah I, that's i think it's really really important for people to be able to have those people as much as we like to say that you know some people like to say anyway that they don't need anyone and they've got this and whatever whatever mm-hmm. it's with like i like i keep referring back to human nature at the end of the day is to be around people and have that um that connection to people yeah. i think just having a support system in general like i, I wouldn't have even started posting about my eczema if it wasn't for them as well and um, it's just so important to just give you that at like level zero you know yeah. um yeah I, I always go to them um there's also an like I've been doing a lot of meditating mm-hmm. lately um I've actually joined like an online meditation group on Instagram mm-hmm. um where the leader like throws in like a lot of like really nice talks and it's nothing too long they're like five ten minutes but even just taking that five ten minutes out of your day just to recenter yourself um yeah I've just been doing things like that um and there's also I've been getting amazing beautiful heartwarming DMs recently just referring back to those um lovely comments always helped me bring me back to like a better place as well Mm -hmm. well you know one thing I really admire you about admire about you is your strength and you know it's amazing to see you have this amazing network but I have a question to ask you so in terms Mm -hmm. of beauty standards I want to talk about hair and this is like a very sensitive topic and it's something that I think I'm not as forward with, right? So I, my whole life, and I still remember when I was like 13, I was like so hairy. My whole life I'd been really hairy. I think when I was like seven, I went into my parents' room and used my dad's razor to like shave my monobrow. And I think I must have like cut off a bit, which is why my eyebrows are a bit funny. I think that's every, every Asian girl story, right? And I remember when I was in school... And I remember so well, I was in year seven and we had PE. And I remember we had to wear shorts. And uh, the good thing about the school was you started in September, right? So it was cold. And I remember you had to wear shorts and you had to wear socks. And I remember the socks would come up to your knee and the, th- the, the part of your, th- like your thighs aren't that hairy, right? But you're still conscious as a girl. Yeah. And I remember the next day going, being in Sainsbury's with my mom and being like, please, can you buy me wax strips? Like, please, please, please. 
I feel so insecure. It's so bad for me at school. I hate it. Like, I have to wear my socks up. But, you know, it's really hard because I still remember, you know, when your socks are up to your knee, they still fall down a bit, right? So your hair is showing. Mm -hmm. And you feel so insecure Mm -hmm. because a lot of my friends were white and they had blonde hair or no hair. Um, And there was me looking like a flipping gorilla. Now, my whole life I've been so insecure about hair and I think now, and I still am, you know, I've lasered my face, I've lasered my arms, I've lasered my legs. Every single part of my body is bloody Mm -hmm. lasered. And I'm still insecure about it. I'm still not confident to go out there and show hair because I think the people that do are still really criticized for it, right? And you know, you are you are one of those people that shows up for body hair. You did a talk with Shira, which I also loved. And the confidence that both of you have to show your hair and be like, it is me, I'm a woman, it's completely fine. It's gender norms that we've created to be like, women shouldn't have hair, men should have hair, which I agree with also. But Number one, I want to ask you to explain that bit because I probably haven't explained that well at all. Um, And two, I want to know how you have the strength to be like, F this, screw this, I'm me. Because like, I need some of that in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I mean, it's actually not, it's been nearly a year since I properly started not really caring about where my hair is growing or how much of it is growing in certain places um, that society deems that it shouldn't shouldn't be there, especially for a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually started at the beginning of lockdown last year. The perfect time when nobody took any of my hair off. <laughs> I haven't shaved my legs in weeks. <laughs> Honestly, that's literally how it came about. I think um, I was I spent the first three months um, staying at my boyfriend's house. Um, because we weren't going out or doing anything, I really didn't feel the need to shave. So I didn't for a while. Um, and I think my boyfriend at one one day was like, your, your armpit hairs have got really long, you know. <laughs> but, and I didn't, honestly, I didn't even notice because, you know, I'm not going out. I'm not seeing people. So it never really crossed my mind. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I actually really like this. Like, there's something about it that is making me feel really sexy it kind of looks good Mm. so I kind of just left it left it left it left it I had some content to do um and then realized like oh I've got armpit hair and I'm wearing like a strappy pop like should I leave it and then um like I've been following Shira for ages and I think just women like her and me constantly seeing women like her because I choose to follow women like Mm -hmm. that that bring substance and you know just something positive um, rather than negative in my yeah. life so um I think just from that I was just like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna post this photo and see what happens um but I, because Instagram you follow who you want to follow right that's what the majority of that platform is most um for most people so most of the comments were really lovely um and people were just like amazed at me being able to show mm-hmm. it um but I just think it's there's also this thing that's always been at the back of my mind because I do have eczema like I don't have a lot of hair that grows like on my arms and stuff because it's um, constant skin peeling and taking my hairs out anyway um but um there's this thing that's always been at the back of my mind that it's almost like society deems women to look like children like pubescent children right um and it's there's always this thing mm-hmm. and it kind of relates back to almost pedophilia in a way 
um because mm-hmm. it's it's not natural for unless you know you're going through like alopecia or you just maybe don't grow as much hair as other people um women grow hair in those places it's something that um is just natural it's god-given um actually a learn yeah just just that whole concept of a woman mm. being hairless um, i never thought of it like that i've never ever thought of it like that but yeah like the the submissive woman is definitely something that is so prevalent mm-hmm. in indian culture and i've talked about that in another podcast about you know we're just taught to be mm-hmm. quiet and silent and not say anything and even when things happen to us it's like don't say anything and, and you're shamed for it you know you're shamed for saying oh somebody sexually abused me somebody sexually harassed me somebody you know came up to me it's like the woman is always to blame and you yeah. know so I, I i definitely can understand why that is something that could be the reason why but also i think it's it's also that women just have completely different standards compared to men you know we just yeah. do um and men do i guess yeah. in other sense other senses of you know perhaps perhaps before being the breadwinner and the person that had to work hard and the woman was someone that didn't have to um yeah. and there's still a stereotype on that you know women are who are house who are what's the word not house women what's the word housewives housewives <laughs> yeah like housewomen um women who are housewives are way are it's, it seems to be normal and i think men who are house husbands you know there's definitely a stigma around it so it definitely works mm-hmm. both ways but i think especially for women you are the focus is truly and always on your beauty and what you look like you know people will focus on that first she's so pretty what does she do is secondary how much money does she earn no yeah. one cares for a man it's like how much money do you earn it's always about for the woman what you look like how you present yourself your character your reputation all of this stuff and for a man it's, mm-hmm. it's completely opposite and i think we really need to start breaking those gender stereotypes and detaching them and i think the concept that we talk about with hair is something that fits into that so well because yeah. I love the way you and Shira described it as like hair is genderless. You know, it's something that I choose to have on my body just how a man does. How men shave their chests and wax their mm-hmm. legs or whatever they do. Women yeah. women also can grow armpit hair and have their hair out. But yeah. I think it's something that women, all Asian women have really struggled with is hair and I can't say I'm confident enough as you to to show my body hair I think there is a lot of conditioning I need to rewire to be able to go out there and have my hair on show and also I think it's it's not about and I think you mentioned this it's not about you hating people who choose to shave their hair or choose to wax their arms that's their choice I think it's more around if you feel beautiful with hair on your body then that's great you should be beautiful mm-hmm. with hair on your body you shouldn't be impacted. that's the thing as well like I'm not opposed to shaving like there are days where I'm like yeah I, I want to like shave I want to shave my legs today I want to shave my armpit hairs like it's just how I want to be perceived or how I want to I want myself to be perceived that day yeah. like if I want to be hairless that day I'm going to be hairless if I want to not shave for three months I'm not going to shave for three months it's up to me like my how I see my beauty and how I see myself it's got nothing to do with anyone else i think it's like makeup isn't it it's just and you know it's if you want to make up that day you can if you don't you don't doesn't mean you're one side Mm -hmm. or the other it's not an either or you can have both and and i think your self-awareness and your strength is so admirable like i feel so in awe of how strong you are and i just i just love it so it's taken a lot to get here i think like it doesn't happen overnight i think this is one thing i want people to understand as well it it takes a lot of 
coming into your own emotions and really understanding your own emotions and why you feel the way that you feel um, because I think a lot of people as much as we talk about it we'll talk about it with our friends or like on a podcast like here mm-hmm. but then we'll forget about it as soon, as soon as we go away right like I think it's really up, important right? we won't speak up when we're hearing conversations yeah 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 and I think it's important just for people to sit and really just speak to themselves and speak to yourself inwardly mm-hmm. um as much as you're having conversations with other people which is amazing and great like the best conversation you need to have is with yourself so true I love that so what is the one thing you'd like to change around the Indian expectation and beauty standards I'm trying to get more people to understand that every plate is beautiful there isn't just one set beauty standard um I think trying to get people to also understand that you're never gonna people are never gonna fit the exact beauty standard that everyone holds at like this perceived time right Mm -hmm. um no one is ever going to fit that unless you're literally changing yourself decade after decade um, it's just not going to happen and until people realize that beauty is how you see it and how you want it to be um I don't think it's ever gonna it's not going to change unless people start doing it for themselves instead of doing it for other people 100% I love that that is so so powerful I feel so uplifted after having this conversation with you I love 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 the body positivity you put out there the female positivity you put out there just your vibes <laughs> all the time just lift me so you know I'm so Thank grateful you. to have had this conversation with you I can't wait to see what's in store for you and how many more covers you're gonna do um but you know you really are representing people from every single angle because I think everybody goes through time they're not good enough and you really just encapsulate that and make people feel like you can always get out of that mindset you can always feel beautiful you know it's really about your mindset and what you want to portray to the world so I really am so grateful for having you on the podcast and thank you so much for coming thank you for having me I think it's brilliant what you're doing as well and having these conversations with people um yeah I'm grateful for people like you that um, open up these conversations and allow people to, to well, don't do forget anyone when you're on the cover of Vogue invite me to the party I'll start <laughs> but thank you so much and when lockdown's over we'll definitely meet up yes oh my god definitely 100% See thank you, you so much bye